Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So, the videos put out by Tucker Carlson has made everybody go nuts. I mean, everybody is certifiable about these videos showing a lot more of January 6th than we ever saw before. And as my Twitter feed will prove to anyone, no one's talking to each other. Everyone's completely talking past each other. And what they're outraged by, the other person won't accept. What they are disgusted by, the other person will not see. As a matter of fact, to even think that you have a case to make is so radical that you should be institutionalized. Oh, so much bourbon needs to be consumed. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. And I know that I must be on to something. Uh, because I was discussing this yesterday, and I received uh, two different uh, messages uh, on on Facebook telling me that I'm a wuss. But I'm here to tell you they didn't, they weren't kind enough to use the term wuss. Crazy. And as my video shows last night, if you follow my video series there on Rumble from Americans for Prosperity, Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. The argument here is not about the narrative. If you want to argue or you want to disagree with how Tucker Carlson portrayed January 6th, you're more than welcome to. There's nothing wrong with that. He referred to the people entering the Capitol as meek. You could say, what are you talking about? Look at the violence here. Look at the attacks there. I mean, there are some members of Congress who are not splitting any hairs whatsoever on this subject. Not a single solitary one. Listen to this right here. I think it's bull****. When you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, all of that, or you had to be in close proximity to it, if you were just a tourist, you should have probably lined up at the visitor center and came in on an orderly basis. I, I just don't think it's helpful. That's Republican Tom Tillis. I think it's bull****. When you <laughs> I mean, that is saying it directly and thusly. He thinks the way that uh, um, Tucker Carlson portrayed it was nonsense. I don't think that the everything regarding January 6th involved meek people. It was a riot. I don't apologize for anything. It was a riot. And I think to say otherwise is kind of nuts. But then there are the people who say the problem is you handed out the video, uh, Speaker McCarthy. Why would you allow anybody to see those videos? Because of the footage that you gave Tucker Carlson last night, he went on and said this was a mostly peaceful chaos, as he said. He downplayed Brian Sicknick's death, said it was not related to January 6th, that this was not an insurrection. Do you regret giving him this footage so he could whitewash the events of that day? First of all, what an absolutely horrific reporter. 
According to the coroner's report, Brian Sicknick is not dead because of what happened on January 6th. Now, if you want to share with me other data or documentation that uh, opposes that, I'll, I'll read it. Why wouldn't I? But it wasn't because of January 6th. Secondly, while it is clear to the rational mind that it was a riot... The term insurrection is a political term being utilized by the Democratic Party as a way of attacking all Republicans. And certainly not all Republicans were at the Capitol on January 6th. And as the videos show, not all Republicans who were at the Capitol on January 6th were doing something awful. The videos show that a tremendous amount of people got waved into the Capitol and weren't doing anything wrong. How did that happen? If you think that doesn't matter, I don't know what to do with you. Because that leads itself to the conversation about the security apparatus at the Capitol on a day like January 6th where they're counting the electoral votes and you knew passions were high. Are you telling me that no one did anything? Because it certainly plays into the conspiratorial mind of, man, maybe some people wanted this to happen so they could have this moment. I'm not a conspiratorial guy. I'm telling you how others look at it. I'm telling you that if you won't address the security issues of January 6th, you're not a serious person. Oh, hey, Representative Adam Kinzinger, good to see you. Speaking of non-serious people. As for Kevin McCarthy... He's not apologizing. No, um, I, I said at the very beginning, transparency. And so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said, that people could actually look at it and see what's gone on that day. So. But why, but, 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 but Mr. Speaker, Look, each person come up with their own conclusion, but I, what I just want to make sure is I had transparency. Do you believe because I know in CNN, I mean, I had here where you guys actually broke where we were. This was a secret location, Fort McLaren. I don't know if you got concerned by that. I don't even know from a point of view of security if we could ever be taken there again. But when you broke that at CNN, that was a real concern to a lot of people. I had a real concern also when I wanted to make sure transparency looked. Um, the officer's death is tragic uh, any time an officer is passed uh, in this situation. Uh, I want to make sure they're protected. I want to make sure the transparency is, goes forward. I think it's right of him to mention the things that the media are not concerned by when they make the claim that they're concerned by this and not that. It is a worthy mention. Having an opinion on what happened on January 6th is completely fine. I think it is out of order, out of bounds. I think you're a liar if you say it wasn't even a riot. Of course it was a riot. Just like we had riots in my beloved Indianapolis, just like we had riots uh, in Portland, and just like we had riots in, in Seattle, just like we had riots in Minneapolis, on Twitter, Marie says it was not a riot, it was a protest. No, it was a riot. If you told me that people were surrounding the Capitol singing Kumbaya, protest. When you broke in, riot. You actually want to debate this with me? Okay. 
833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. I shared with you video uh, from protests in, in the days of George Floyd from Black Lives Matter. You know I'm not a Black Lives Matter guy by any stretch of the imagination. I took a lot of heat for not being a, a, a Black Lives Matter guy. But there were videos of Antifa, these low-life, no-good bastards, breaking windows at events where people were trying to have a protest, and the protesters, even though I disagree with them, were saying, please stop this. They're going to think it was us, and you're going to prevent us from being able to speak. Antifa doesn't care. They just want to burn it all down. Great example of the fact that not everybody, even at a Black Lives Matter rally, was interested in engaging some level of violence. Doesn't change the fact that at the at, at the end of the day, there was massive violence in the name of Black Lives Matter in uh, Seattle, in Portland, in Minneapolis, in Indianapolis, in New York, in Chicago, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, and, and a lot of other places. I mean, that's what happened. The people at the Capitol who broke in the people at the Capitol who were fighting uh, Capitol Police riot. I am not going to sit here and play the game of why is it a riot when these people do it, but a protest when these people do it. No, 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 no. A riot is a riot is a riot. Not everybody was rioting. And that's what these videos show. The question is, how come we never saw these videos? If you want to make a claim based on the information, you can. We can agree and disagree about the claim. I cannot get down with somebody who's going to pretend that a riot didn't occur. I also will not get down with anybody who decides that, therefore, the entirety of this group of people are evil people. If you got waved into the Capitol, you didn't break a law as far as I'm concerned. And we should note the amount of people who got waved into the Capitol. We should note that the guy they call the shaman, the guy dressed like a Viking, he could have been apprehended by authorities on numerous occasions. He was outnumbered at one moment, nine to one. They didn't touch that guy. They didn't pay attention to that guy. They just let him walk on through as if they led him to his decided destination. Sorry, that's weird. And I've got questions. But that's about how we take the information. What some people are upset by is that the information is even out there. That's what it seems that reporter asking Kevin McCarthy the questions is saying. That's what we're seeing from others. How dare you release the videos? The 40,000 plus hours. Who in the world is opposed to more information? Who actually thinks that's a problem or that's an issue? The answer is Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer should be censured by the Senate because what he did from the well of the Senate is say to Rupert Murdoch, the owner of Fox News, don't let Tucker Carlson show any more of this. A senator on the well in the well of the Senate said to a media company, a news organization, don't allow this information out. I'm sorry, anybody else think that crazy? And if you don't think he said it, 
In a press conference, he doubled down. These lies continue tonight. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. What Schumer wants to tell you is it's the words Tucker Carlson has used. But what he wants to prevent is the sharing of the videos. When you have a member of Congress stating out loud that the people shouldn't see something, uh, that's a problem. That's a problem you should do something about. That's a problem that the Senate should have words about. Tucker Carlson, to his credit, invited Chuck Schumer onto his show. After hearing this, Tucker Carlson invited him on. What did Schumer say on the floor of the Senate? Same thing that I just played you, but I'll give you the exact words from the floor. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. Now, you can clearly make the argument that you think Tucker is wrong and how he phrased it and you believe it was an attack and you have proof there was an attack and look at all the video footage that shows it was an attack. But you can't sit there and talk about cherry-picked footage. You, a Democrat, can't talk about cherry-picked footage. Not only did you cherry-pick it for the January 6th committee, you grabbed a TV showrunner from ABC to help you form formulate how to present it on primetime television to America. Cherry-picked footage. You can't bring that. That dog won't hunt. Even with this, Tucker Carlson invites Chuck Schumer on the show. Chuck Schumer responds, I was invited on Tucker Carlson's show. I will agree to go on after Tucker Carlson admits to his viewers live on air that he has been lying to them about the 2020 elections and about what happened on January 6th. Well, that's a, that, that, that's a demand right there. I, I, I don't accept demands for interviews, and no one would. Talk about being afraid to, to to make your voice heard. By the way, when you said it was a shameful night uh, on cable news as millions of people watched, we knew you were talking about Fox News. Millions of people don't watch CNN. We were fully aware of what you were referring to. It is clear that more information is a good thing. And I'm in favor of more information, and I stand very opposed to people like Chuck Schumer who don't believe that we should see things. 
you want to disagree and debate how these things get categorized, feel free. I think you're out of your head if you don't admit that January 6th was a riot. I think you're a ridiculous partisan fool if you think it was an insurrection. I'm Tony Katz. So Gavin Newsom is a ridiculous man-child. There is a Republican uh, National Committee meeting happening in Florida at the Waldorf Hotel, or one of the Waldorf properties. And according to Dave Weigel, who I saw at CPAC and didn't get to say hello to, yes, 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 he's a lefty, but he's always actually been very nice to me. It's, it's, it's always been a pleasant conversation, agree, disagree, what have you. And he took some unnecessary heat over at Washington Post uh, for, for a silly tweet. And it's it's not that I agreed, but I thought it was unnecessary, and I thought it was a pylon on on him, and and I was just happy that he he recovered from it, was able to move on with his career. I, I'm not a fan of cancel culture. I, I don't want to see it happen. It's a um, an ad that was playing or being shared um, at uh, at the Waldorf where the RNC meeting is happening. Welcome to the real freedom state. Feel free to read a book, get health care, say gay. It was an ad from California from Gavin Newsom. And he retweeted Dave Weigel saying, welcome to the real freedom state, RNC. California is the real freedom state? Are we done now? That was a little long, but it was totally worth it. How do you even come to that place? You have a state that cannot afford to function. You have a farmer's market in San Francisco that vendors won't show up to anymore because of the homeless issue, because of the drug issue, and because of the drug sales going on. It seems that when there's a lot of drug dealers and homeless people around, nobody wants to buy that farm fresh tomato. The freedom state. The freedom state. I hate Illinois Nazis. Correct. Even Illinois looks at California and says, whew, we've got work to do. Nobody's that far along in the insanity. But you got to let, like, they're, they're convinced this marketing works. They're convinced of it. They're convinced that this is something that's really going to show them. And this is where Gavin Newsom... Uh, the, the state of California spending their money not on the people well it's, it's California it certainly won't be on the citizens it'll be on illegal immigrants but they're spending it on this 
there are people really serious that Gavin Newsom is going to be on the ticket, either replacing Joe Biden or with Joe Biden. True story. This is Tony Katz today. only radio host in America who continually discusses the issues with the southern border. It's that sometimes I feel like I'm grabbing it back and placing it in front of you because there are so many other things going on that you wonder whether or not all those other things are there to distract you from the other things. What I've come to discover is that's not actually the case. It's not like other things come up to work as a distraction because they don't want you to see X. That does happen sometimes. But just by human nature, certain things fall out of rotation and other things enter rotation. I don't believe the southern border should be one of those things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. I had the chance to speak with Congresswoman Erin Hounchin of the 9th District of Indiana, that is southern Indiana. She took her first trip uh, to the border. She's a freshman member of Congress, took her first trip to the, the border, Uvalde, and the border area, had the chance to speak with her about what it is that she saw, uh, what it is she experienced, and is there any chance anywhere for any level of bipartisan to get the border issue actually resolved. Hey, thanks, Tony. I really appreciate um, you having me on to talk about our trip down to the border. Yeah, I'm, I, I would say I'm, I'm so new to Washington, um, but this issue is one that is impacting um, my district uh, in particular. 220 um, constituents in the 9th District have died from drug-related deaths in the last year alone due to fentanyl overdoses. And I, I've talked about how we have a crisis at the southern border um, this was my first trip to the to the border, and um, to be honest, I, I was. Um, you hear about it, you know. You hear about what's going on at the southern border. Even seeing video and pictures on television don't do it justice to the challenges that our border patrol agents, law enforcement officers, ranchers, um, communities, uh, parents. The, it, it runs the gamut, and it is a crisis. And um, so, I was glad to see it firsthand. Um, you know, Salem, Indiana, where I'm from, is 1,288 miles away from the southern border in Eagle Pass, Texas. But Biden has made uh, every state a border state, and um, that includes the state of Indiana. So I want to do my part to understand it and to try to come up with solutions. So as you go and, and you visit, what is the first thing that strikes you? What's the first thing that you see that you're like, if the people of the Ninth District saw this, they wouldn't believe it? Well, I think, um, you know, First, I would say the level of um, the feeling when you go into Uvalde and Eagle Pass is just overwhelmed. Um, the communities there are absolutely overwhelmed. Uh, the stories that we heard, we visited with, you know, every manner of, of folks that represent that community. Uh, they don't let their children go outside to play. Uh, they don't go out at, you know, they keep their doors locked. Um, the school superintendent recently had um, a migrant trying to break into his his bathroom um, window while his uh, wife was giving their granddaughter a bath. Uh, he held that um, person at gunpoint for 20 minutes before the police officers were able to arrive. Um, it's a, it is a war zone down there, and um, quite frankly, it is um, it is absolutely unacceptable for the Biden administration to just be turning a blind eye to to everything that's going on down there. Uh, one other story, quick story, Tony, is we we visited the Unaccompanied Minors um, Processing Center, and I was able to interact with about eight to 10 teenagers 
um, one of which who was a teenage girl, about 16, who was handed a five-year-old who was unaccompanied um, by any family, any parent, anyone, five years old, uh, being handed off to, to smugglers and um, coyotes to uh, who knows what when they get to the United States. And um, they were terrified, naturally. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's way worse than you can describe it in pictures or even on television. Talking to Representative Aaron Houchin of the 9th District of Indiana, Houchin, H-O-U-C-H-I-N, houchin.house.gov, if you want to learn more about her. Uh, you, you talk about this, and you talk about the Biden administration. Is there legislation you have been supporting, you have been sponsoring um, that would help with this, that you feel that uh, whether it's the Democratic Party or Biden in general isn't paying attention to? Is there legislation the Republicans have been putting out? And is there a level of bipartisanship here? Or is there really a divide uh, that the Democratic Party, controlled by the progressives, truly believe there shouldn't be a border anyway? So this is a good issue to try and say, look at what a terrible job we're doing. Let's just get rid of this border altogether. I think that the Republicans in Congress, and again, you know, I'm just getting started. Um, so specific legislation, I'm, I'm working on trying to figure out what that is. What I'll tell you is that under the Trump administration, there was a plan to, uh, you know, build the wall. And, and, and securing the border isn't just the wall. It's adding technology. It's adding personnel. So they need resources. They need infrastructure. They need technology. We learned that the cartels have over 400 drones in the air, um, and they are outmanning us. They are out, outgunning us. They are out uh, tech, not, they're using better technology than, than the United States government. Um, to uh, smuggle people into the country uh, while we have not enough resources. And that was all rolled back under the Biden administration. And since that time, we've seen uh, migrant crossings skyrocket, literally skyrocket year over year. And we're on, pat, we're on uh, pace to beat another record based on January's numbers to beat another record this year. Uh, Biden is going to undo Title 42. Uh, we're told that that would quadruple the number of migrants um, coming into the country. So this is absolutely unacceptable. What I will tell you is that, um, you know, the Republicans in Congress are working on this. I don't know if it's incompetence from the from the left or if it is deliberate. But either way, it is um, communities, you know, from South Texas all the way to southern Indiana, you know, from north to south, east to west. The communities of America deserve better than what they're being given by Secretary Mayorkas and, and President Biden and, and the Democrats on the left. You talk about the idea that the cartels have more technology than us. Well, I I must state that that's impossible. It's impossible for the cartels to have better technology than the United States because that would lead to, well, where do they get this technology? Exactly what scientists and what what engineers do they have on staff? It's not that they have better technology, Representative. It's that they're willing to spend more. Is that the case? Well, so they certainly have more technology, Tony. So they have 400 drones in the air. They showed us a map of, of all the, the drone pings that they have that are not only they're crossing our border, um, the, the drones are crossing our border, but here's what they do. So they will take the 80, they will take groups of 85 kids uh, that are unaccompanied. They will group them together and, and make them wait um, on, in Mexico on, and every Tuesday, they will push in 85 migrants at a time, uh, kids to be processed in Uvalde, for instance. 
While they're doing that, they have their 400 drones in the air monitoring the locations of our law enforcement and border patrol agents. Who, and while that, they use the 85 kits as a distraction, they are pushing um, drugs, uh, violent criminals, uh, pedophiles, murderers, sexual offenders, the people who cannot come into this country and go through a processing center. They're pushing all of that through and using the uh, unaccompanied minors as a distraction. Um, we have technology, but they are um, far better equipped than we are, which is absolutely, um, again, unacceptable. Uh, Donald Trump was making the investments. Republicans want to make the investments. We don't need 87,000 agents at the IRS, uh, you know, spying on our bank accounts. We need 87,000, you know, Border Patrol agents and technology. We need to spend those resources at, to protect our southern border because, make no mistake, it is a crisis. Our southern border is not secure. I, I, I again must must push back. It is impossible for them to have better technology. It is about willingness. So, to the conversation of willingness, Representative, as you have now visited the border, do you believe that the Democratic Party as a whole is unwilling to do something about? Uh, the border about border safety and security and do you believe the republican party has got the right message and the right idea about what to do about the border i think yes i think the republican party as a whole has the right message about what to do about the southern border the first thing is it has to be secure it absolutely has to be secure we have to secure the southern border it is not secure the president has said it is secure it is not i can tell you that firsthand um the next thing is um to um to your point about the Democrats, there are Democrats that are willing to work on this issue. Um, so as we are crafting legislation this Congress, uh, I think what we will be looking for are Democrats to join us. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the White House. That's why we have been calling on the president um, to not roll back Title 42, to join Republicans as we're trying to fix this issue. Um, I don't know if it's unwillingness or incompetence, um, but Either way, um, the Democrats have failed uh, the American people on this issue and continue to, uh, and it's up to us to try to lead that effort, which is what we're trying to do. And so my, my role in this is, was to try to get as much information about the impact of the southern border on my constituents in southern Indiana and then to work with whoever will work with me, um, Republicans, Democrats, um, to finally, once and for all, secure the border and start to get us on a path to um, restore our sovereignty and, um, you know, keep what is coming into this country and literally killing um, Americans every day, uh, keep all of that um, out, of, out of America. My thanks to Representative Erin Houchin. Uh, I do appreciate her being with the show and, and, and talking about the experience. Uh, again, we find ourselves in this place of, of what do we want, and is there really an agreement on the baseline? And the answer is no. No, there is not an agreement on the baseline. The baseline is we are a sovereign nation entitled to a border. There is not agreement on this subject. I find it gross that there's not an agreement on this subject, but I find it equally as gross that we have people lying about the situation and lying about the border. I, I share this with you again from, from Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. This is by far one of the, one of the nuttiest things 
I have ever heard the idea that someone could take to the podium and state uh, without any type of hesitation, with a smile on her face, that everything at the border is fine. As a matter of fact, we have less fentanyl crossing the border than we did just a short while ago before the, the, the Biden era. So cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs, and now they're killing Americans on the other side of the border with guns. Why is President Biden so comfortable with cartels operating so close to the U.S.? Well, let's be very clear. Let me take on the drug part here, because since you brought this up, um, because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows, historic levels, uh, that we have been able to uh, record a number of personnel working to secure the border because of what we've been able to do. Seizing that fentanyl, uh, we've done it in a historic way. You ever notice that everything about this White House is historic, historic this, historic that, historic the other? The word now has no meaning. This one's historic. This nomination's historic. We've been doing it in a historic way. That's, that is really a, a hatred of the people you're talking to because it's pablum. It is pure pablum, and it gets people to be, oh, it's historic, 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 and you never actually look into what is happening. There's nobody on the southern border who's saying that things are getting better. If you've been stopping some fentanyl, I think that's great. But where is the bipartisan conversation on stopping the fentanyl as a whole? That doesn't exist. It's nowhere near existing. One of, If you notice part of my uh, conversations from CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, uh, is, is about is there a possibility in Congress about bipartisanship? Does, is, does the possibility even exist? And I ask you, when you listen to the rest of Corinne Jean-Pierre, do you think it exists? Uh, we've done it in a historic way. That's because of what this president has done. I just talked about 23,000 federal agents that have been able to be, uh, uh, that we've been able to hire and put at the border to secure the border. On top of that, historic sanctions going after traffickers and other financiers are helping disrupt fentanyl supply chains throughout their flow to the U.S. And we're, we're really expanded access to treatments like uh, that are saving lives, if you think about it, which prevent overdoses expanding as uh, as our fentanyl test strips. She is reading off of a piece of paper. You know she doesn't know any of this. She simply turns to the spot in the binder and reads. That's what she does. There's no connectivity. She doesn't feel it. She doesn't believe it. All she knows how to do is say historic lows and historic hiring and historic this. Where is the policy that says we as Americans aren't accepting fentanyl coming through Mexico via China, and if we have to beat the living snot out of both of them, so be it. You tell Manuel Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico, to get on his hands and knees and beg forgiveness. You tell him to stop any Chinese national from coming into the country. You tell him any fentanyl makes its way to the United States. It's his ass that's on the line first. What? I can't get that in a bipartisan manner. Honestly, that's that's beyond us? Son of a gun. No wonder we can't get anything done. Because I thought what I was discussing was just completely rational, to be honest. Like, like normal. 
normal, normal stuff. Well, I guess, I guess uh, in D.C. they don't see, they don't see it that way. That is the problem. Again, my thanks to Representative Aaron Hounch. And more coming up. I'm Tony Counts. Democrat Congressman Hakeem Jeffries wants you to know that he and Joe Biden have saved the economy. You know the pain that that does put on people everywhere. Um, Inflation's a horrible problem, needs to be figured out. But if we are talking about raising rates, increasing borrowing costs for Americans, for businesses, trying to do that while inflation's higher and the concern that that could cause an economic downturn, what do you think just in terms of what you're watching with the Fed, what your concerns are about the economy? Well, let's think about where we've been and where we are now. Uh, When the American Rescue Plan was passed under the leadership of President Biden, Speaker Pelosi, Leader Schumer, Democrats in the House and the Senate, we were able to rescue uh, the economy and save it from a deep recession. All we're hearing about is the coming recession, that the recession will be unavoidable in order to bring down this inflation. So I don't know what Hakeem Jeffries is referring to here. We're going to see a recession and be like, well, Republicans get voted into the House. We have a recession. Hmm. What an interesting quickening. You know, that's how it's going to get played, right? You know it. You see it. You smell it. And the minute you heard it, you're like, yeah, it's totally hell you're going to do it, isn't it? Uh, if, if you could say one thing about Hakeem Jeffries, that man does not go off message. If the message is to lie about the economy, Hakeem Jeffries is there to say, I could do that better than anybody. The American Rescue Plan did not rescue the economy. And we are living through the proof of that every single day. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.